You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, a game day here in the Crescent City as the Pelicans get set to take on the very, very good Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll preview that in the third segment for you all. But we're going to start off with Frank Jackson, and I'm actually going to maybe depress you a little bit with this or kind of be a downer, even though some of you are so high on him. He has been recalled from the G League. We'll kind of take a look at how he played in the G League and why I actually don't think that's going to necessarily translate to some time with the parent club here, the Pelicans. Then we're going to talk about Anthony Davis and his comments to the Boston media after the loss to the Celtics the other night. What he said, anything we should take away from it, or is he just being you know, a real guy who's saying how he feels? and what's going on here. So all of that and maybe a little bit more in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So before we get to Frank Jackson, the guy everyone wants to see back with the team and out on the court, given some of the Pelicans' recent struggles, if you're a new listener, thanks for tuning in, making Locked On Pelicans part of your day. And if you've been listening for any period of time, I appreciate that as well. And if your friends are looking for podcast recommendations, tell them to listen and subscribe, ideally, to Locked On Pelicans. All that said, I'm also very, very sick today, so I'm going to try and go a little bit quicker than we would otherwise, just because I can only talk for so long before basically I keep coughing and dying, and I'd like to make it to the game tonight. Man, winter here in New Orleans has been weird. Like, it's been hot one day, cold the other, and basically this up and down temperatures have just done a number on me. It's December now, 12th, and I'm already declaring winter the winner in the battle of winter versus Jake. So, Pelicans news of the day, Frank Jackson recalled from the G League where he played three games with the Texas Legends. Seemed like he wasn't really getting any minutes with the parent club, the Pelicans here, so they sent him down just to play. I think this is always a good move with some of these younger guys, letting them just get some game minutes if they're not getting them out on the court. Practice is important, and practicing with the team and the rest of the players are on there, going against Anthony Davis day in, day out, certainly should make you a better player, but during the year... During the season, teams aren't getting into full-blown practices, I guess, unless you're the Chicago Bulls. So maybe he just kind of wasn't getting the opportunities to play and get some run, whether it's in games or in practice, that they would have liked. So they saw the opportunity to send him down to the G League where we knew he would get some minutes. And minutes he did. And in three games, he had two starts, averaged 35.7 minutes per game. And you look at his raw numbers... They're very good. Averaged 29 points in those three contests, including a 35-point game. Shot 51.6% from the field on 21.3 attempts. He did take 7.33 pointers per game, making him at a 31.832% clip. Not great. I wouldn't say it's horrible, but it's certainly not good, I guess. He did get to the line a decent amount, five free throw attempts while he was down there as well, hitting those at 87.5%. Average 4.3 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 0.7 steals, 0.3 blocks, three turnovers, and 4.7 fouls per game. That's not great. The fouls are a little bit high. The turnovers a little bit higher than what you'd want, given that the Pelicans have struggled with that as of late. And of course, the aforementioned 
aforementioned 29 points. So on the surface, these look good. The Pelicans have needed some guys who can score at times, particularly with the second unit. So why not Frank Jackson? Well, I watched a lot of the highlights and the clips available and everything to kind of break it down as much as possible. But first things first, this was a very good stint in the G League form, especially from like the raw numbers perspective. 29 points is, is good. And it should have been. You know, I think the way you look at Summer League, let's start there, is that if a guy who's going to make an NBA roster doesn't play well, that's a big concern. If they do dominate, it's just, okay, they're where they should be. Because they're better than those guys because they're not playing for a roster spot. And Frank Jackson going down to the G League, playing with the Texas Legends and starting two out of three games and dominating those games is what an NBA player should do in the G League. So it just shows you, you know, nothing went wrong and there's no real concerns long term here with him. But I think when you watch his game down in the G League, I don't know if it's necessarily going to translate to the NBA. There's a reason he was only playing 12 minutes per game this year, only averaging 4.3 points during that time. And if you kind of still look at his 30 per 36 minute numbers, it's 12.8 points per game. You know, his three point shooting isn't enough to make him a real threat. Yes, he can knock down enough with the right amount of volume, but that's then becoming an inefficient shot for him, shooting closer to 30% than 35%. And he's getting most of his points by driving and attacking. And yeah, you can do that against G League defenders. I don't know if he's going to be able to consistently do that against NBA players. And we've seen him struggle with that. So I don't think three games in the G League has all of a sudden turned him around around and has really changed all of that much. Basically, the way I look at this trip down to the G League is, good, you got him some minutes, maybe worked on his game a little bit. There are things to like from it, and I'll mention those in a moment, but just nothing went wrong, and that's kind of what you wanted to see. It reaffirms that maybe he should be on the roster for the Pelicans as, a, you know, kind of an emergency reserve. You did see good off-ball movement from him at times, cutting down baseline, getting the ball, and scoring that way. He uses his body a pretty decent way, kind of Drew Holiday-esque, as he drives and can kind of shy away from contact to get an easier shot up. Doesn't get to the free throw line a ton. The The attempts were there, but again, I think that has more to do with minutes. And if you look at his free throw rate, it was basically the same like what it is in the NBA. Not horrible, not great for a guard either. So somewhere kind of right in the middle. And that's, I think, kind of what you're going to see out of him offensively. Defensively, he was not great in the G League. He shows the tools to kind of have that. But it's also just tough to be like, you know, again, should he be dominating those guys when he's using all of his energy out on the offensive end? Maybe more so than he did. So the defense leaves a little bit to be desired. And that's really the main issue for the Pelicans right now. They need guys who can kind of get some stops with the second unit. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. So... Good stint down in the G League. Is it really kind of a forecasting of what's to come, the greatness here? I don't think so. It's just kind of what should have happened, which is maybe what some people don't want to hear. Bud, I'm listening. I'm talking about you, and you're probably going to tell me this on Sunday. But yeah, you know, it's kind of just what it should have been, which is good. That's not a bad thing here. He's going to take a lot of a time. He's basically a rookie who's played 15 games in the NBA and three games in the G League. Shouldn't be expecting that much out of that guy. But there's a lot of positives. Again, the ability to drive, the quickness. Another thing with this three-point shooting, even though he doesn't show a good three-point percentage, he can hit off the dribble. He can hit on spot-up attempts. He did both down in the G League. That's pretty good. He can create his own shot from three off the bounce. That's something that a lot of players can't do. He can also be a decent spot-up shooter. 
there for kickouts from Anthony Davis as well. I think that's important too. Both of those skills are good. The off-ball movement's good. I think he has the makings of an NBA player. I just uh, and maybe a decent one to good. I just don't think he's there yet, and it's going to take more than you know the 18 combined games. So just saying that to temper your expectations of him now that he's back with the Pels just a little bit. Let's keep it realistic for the young guy. You don't want to put too much pressure on him. And now before we get to Anthony Davis and his comments after the Boston Celtics game, which is, I think, good. And I'm going to be talking about this on the Locked On NBA podcast with a Boston guy. If you want to tune into that, I'm going to make sure he told me in a text that he would be nice about this. John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. So make sure you tune in that and make sure you listen to Locked On NBA Monday through Friday, five days a week, just in general. We got Ben Golliver, formerly of Sports Illustrated, now the Washington Post, Sam Amick of The Athletic, along with our rotating cast of hosts. I'm there every Wednesday, as you all know. If you wanted to kind of catch up on what's going on around the league in 30 minutes or less, the Locked on NBA podcast is the way to do it. We recap all the games from the night before, talk about the biggest topics in the NBA. You get a variety of perspectives on all of these. It's a great way just to kind of know what's going on around the association. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. All right, so Anthony Davis and his comments after the loss to the Boston Celtics. Yahoo Sports wrote an article touching on kind of what he said and talking about how the Boston crowd was massively cheering for him during this game. And here is the quote that they have in there. I heard it tonight, Davis said, after the loss and hearing the crowd cheer for him. Um, alongside, you know, the Boston Celtics players. And he goes on to say, I'm trying to do whatever I can to help this team get wins with the roster we have. It's been a rocky season, so it's on me to try to figure it out. I know the team follows me, I'm the leader, and I've got to be the one to make sure that we're ready to play every night. So for me, I just go out there and play with this team and try and ha- uh, try to have fun and get wins. That's all I'm worried about is getting wins for this team, and hopefully we can get further than we did last year. It's a bit of a generic response, yes, but it's also him just realizing where he's at in his career and the situation. They're not going to trade him this year. He surely has to know that if he even wants out. But here's the other thing. He's not expressing great frustration. It's a generic response, but there's no been no hint of anything behind the scenes, nothing I've heard from talking with people that associate with him or anything like that or people around the league that think he even kind of wants out. I don't think Anthony Davis has an idea of what he wants to do just yet. Certainly, maybe he's frustrated with losing, but he saw what this team could do last year. And yes, it's disappointing they're playing worse than how they ended last season. But he has to know this is just kind of what it is. So he's focused on winning. And the fact that he's owning up to a lot of this when, despite the 41 points, he didn't feel very impactful. You've kind of wondered what's going on with him at times this year. When you watch him out on the court, he seems a little less keyed in in a lot of games than maybe in the past. Uh, I think the defense has slipped a little bit. I don't think it's been that bad. So I think all of that leads to just some frustration here. But that frustration is not boiling over into a negative negative situation here with the Pelicans where he's like, screw this, I want out, and isn't doing what Jimmy Butler was doing, isn't doing what Kawhi Leonard was saying at the end of his tenure with the San Antonio Spurs, and he's just doing the right thing. Now, maybe this is a guy who realizes nothing's going to happen, so why kind of sully your reputation? But that has been effective in getting players out of situations they don't want to be in. So your question then comes down to, do you think it can get better here in New Orleans for Anthony Davis? And again, 
I don't know if that even really matters what we all think because he's maybe going to sign the Supermax. And if he does, that ties him here basically for three more seasons. But I think AD does see the potential here. And he says it in the quote is, we had everyone, everybody healthy for the first four games and we went 4-0. and And then Alfred Payton goes down. I've been out a couple of games. Nico, a lot of guys have been out. Every time we've had a full roster, we're a tough team to beat, but we still have to find ways to win. Injuries are part of the game. You can't control them. That's why we have 12 guys on the roster. You just need five guys to play. As long as we have that, we have a chance to win. You know, this probably goes back to his comments of, I need to play perfectly every night for my team to win. I think he realizes the top-end talent on this roster is there, and when they have that, those guys healthy, they're very good. But the depth isn't, and he knows he probably needs to go out and put up 41-point games, and maybe this is his way of holding, hopefully, holding himself more accountable to have those type of games when we've seen him just kind of walk through things at times. He is so damn good that the points he's averaging and all of that, and I'm pulling his stats up, I should have had him ready to go here, and he at times doesn't seem like he's trying and he's playing at 70% of what he's capable of doing and he's still averaging just absolutely insane numbers on the year those numbers if I can scroll there in time 27.4 points per game and 12.2 rebounds along with almost five assists 4.8 assists per game 2.8 blocks those numbers are absolutely nuts and it doesn't seem like he's trying as hard as he could. So maybe this is kind of the, the situation that wakes him up. And if it is, that'd be a great thing because if he does that, this team can go much further than what they are. And maybe that adds some consistency and keeps them going and not kind of having the up and down, up and down, up and down situation that they've been in so far this year. But it's nice to see the accountability from him instead of the frustration and just being like, I don't know what's going on. Instead of him skipping out on the locker room that he's done twice in the past three home games now. So this is these are good comments and you should be encouraged if you're a Pelicans fan. Don't forget to follow the Locked On Podcast Network on Twitter. You can follow it. It's at Locked On NBA Net. That's Locked On NBA Net. It's got a curated feed of all of the local hosts giving you their opinions and takes and everything and analysis on the local teams that they follow better than everybody else. If you need one thing to follow along during games, we're trying to take in everything that's happening and process it all, it's a wonderful thing to have because you'll know exactly what you need to know about all the games going on that night. So make sure you follow on Twitter and Instagram too, at LockedOnNBANet. All right, so tonight's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, we're going to do this really quick because I am starting to fade a little bit with this cold here. This is a tough game. Oklahoma City Thunder currently sits second in the Western Conference, and they're kind of like a model of what the Pelicans wish they were. A team that plays fast, scores pretty well, has a very, very good defense, and also goes after offensive rebounds. So it can be done where you can play fast and go after offensive boards and have a good defense, though they're probably more the exception than the rule. Oklahoma City Thunder, best defense in the league currently, best offensive rebounding team top 10 in defensive rebounds as well along with a top seven top six depending on where you're looking pace in the league they're just flat out good and starting to come together and I think I said it on the podcast after watching them in their opening night loss to the Golden State Warriors you could see this had the makings of a very very good team 
it's starting to come together for them right now. No real major injuries other than the Andre Roberson one, which has been kind of all season long. They are winners of five of their past six games as well. So they're looking pretty good. Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook. We know that. You don't hate if he beats you because he's only scoring 22 points per game on 19 and a half shots per game. It's pretty good. It's not amazing efficiency. The guy who's kind of been brutal is Paul George, who's got to be an MVP candidate at this point. 24.3 points per game. He's doing it on 19.2 shots. He has been outstanding on both sides of the ball. But this game is probably going to come down to Steven Adams and Anthony Davis facing off against each other. Adams is maybe a defensive player of the year candidate. Currently averaging 15.4 points per game, but he's kind of doing everything else in this one, and he's given big-time frustrations to a lot of big men around the league. If he kind of keeps Anthony Davis quiet, you're going to maybe see a repeat of the Boston game where he just gets no help from anyone else on the Pelicans, and it's kind of a problem. Drew Holiday's going to have his hands full in this one. So I think this is its just a tough game, and it could go the wrong way for the Pelicans very quickly. This would be a good game to get a win in and maybe build up some confidence, although, frankly, the Pelicans aren't going to be favored in this one. So can't really do much more in this, in this preview here for you guys. Hopefully it'll be a little bit better tomorrow, but this is a tough game. They've got to rebound well because they're going to get tons of second-chance points. Again, they are the best offensive rebounding team in the league. They've struggled with that, boxing out, grabbing those defensive boards. They're really good on the glass. You've got a guy who can maybe mark Anthony Davis out of the game a little bit. It's going to be on Drew Holiday, Julius Randle, and the rest of the team to really step up kind of in potentially his absence. If they do that, this game should be close. Might not be a Pelicans win still, but it'll at least be close. If they don't, this one could be pretty ugly. But this is why you play the games, and we'll find out. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Enjoy the game tonight. If you're there, say hi. I've got the Locked on Pelicans stickers with me, and it should be a fun one. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.